Hey podcasters, it's Julie Story. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. This is the place where I tell you real life stories about my life. Hopefully make your life a little bit better. And today, I'm doing something I've never ever done before. I have a special guest who's here just to talk about topics, like hot topics, like suddenly I'm the view. We're here to talk about hot topics. And my special guest is none other than Andre. You know him, you love him, it's Andre. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) It might not be morning when they're listening. Good evening. And good night. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Farewell. I'm really excited to have you because we've talked about our love story, which, by the way, we're having... I know, we're not done. We have special requests. People are on the edge of their seats waiting to hear the conclusion of our love story spoiler alert we, we're together conclusion and that's the end and that's the end no but like the final of the final what lucy is like itching like crazy right now she needs to settle down the the final conclusion of our our beginning story like i guess the conclusion of our dating life we'll just call it that because yeah, now we're married our, our love story before we got married. So we're not going to do that today. We're going to have you guys wait a little bit longer. We'll, we'll get there. But today we're going to be talking about... We're going to get the story straight. Anyway, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about a couple different things today. And like Andre came in as the, the kite string. He wanted... He needed... <laughs> A list of things we're going to talk about. Not a single time did I ever write out a list of things that I'm talking about on my pod. Like, it just isn't something I do. I I know. Yes, I know. It's okay. It's okay, Kite String. So I have papers here. Today we're talking about some stuff that we talk about all the time. Like, yesterday we sat down at our kitchen table and we, like, talked for... How long did we just sit and, like, talk? We sat and talked for, like, three hours, but then we talked... When we left the house... For about two hours more. Yeah. It was a it was a lot of talking. We spend a lot of time talking in our relationship. <clears throat> and we you had mentioned by the end of the day that that's not something you normally hear no. the couples do. No, I don't I don't hear about it. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but I don't really hear about couples ever spending time and just, just conversing talking. with each other. And they probably don't like the next day talk about what they talked about on a podcast either so <laughs> there's that there's that so we're going to be talking about gosh this concept that we i've been hitting on in my podcast a lot this idea of like producing versus performing and there's like so many different layers to this but i really want to have you in on this conversation because you bring not only like your experience as a man and just your own journey into it but just a different different perspective in your own story in your own journey mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we talked about yesterday was mm-hmm. this journey of 2018 which i just thought about by the way mm-hmm. you had said that 2018 for you was tell me how you described it like it was your rest yeah it was it's, it's been my rest year like your but, noah rest year yeah i i got the word noah it popped up quite often and I asked no I, I, I it just kept pop, popping up so much that I don't know what is what does Noah even mean like what is the name meaning of the word Noah and so it, it said rest so I stepped into that being what my season was what my year 
what that part of the year was and it still is for me now yeah but um stepping into rest has been so beneficial in getting to sit with myself to understand myself and to heal and to really deal with myself so I can rest and what's crazy is that I I didn't get a word necessarily for that year I just have been describing it like raining so I think it's funny that like you use you heard Noah and I just have been calling it the rain so it's like we're just we're in sync yeah the rain called it the rain yeah I've been calling like all the craziness we've been going through in the last two and a half years, I've been calling it rain. Because that's the only really? way I can describe it. Yeah, like, it just makes sense for... Like, analogy. Like, it makes sense for me. Like, it just... It was a lot, a lot of rain. And oh, I know you hate rain. Oh, Noah's... Yeah! Yeah! Raining. See, we're in sync. Uh, I that away. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's in sync. So, and you're I'm sitting and resting. And you're sitting and <laughs> resting. You and I both, like, we have been realizing, like, how much, like, mental health is such, like, a priority. And absolutely, what we've had, what we found was that there are very, er- various areas of our life where we were being led by ourselves and by other people to believe that our value and us being okay really was reflected in how much we produced, how much our gifts were able to produce like something and that caused a lot of like mental craziness i would say cognitive dissonance yeah like just a disconnection of self and value and connecting it to like oh well i'm valuable because i'm producing this or i'm valuable because you know i'm gonna perform the heck out of my life Mm -hmm. and then it just created crazy and Mm -hmm. that sucked a lot Mm mm-hmm that we both did that we both did that and it sucked yeah i i think that there is it's it's not that we shouldn't ever produce anything it's not like you were put on this planet not to do anything Mm -hmm. i think there are things that we were we we have inside of our heart that we want to do right but it's it's when it comes out of a place of I'm only doing this because I need to feel validated, I need to feel affirmed, I need to get something yeah. based on what I'm doing as opposed to I'm doing this because I'm giving and it's coming out of my overflow as opposed yeah. of dipping into my own cup and yes. running me dry. Just like to that, make something. That lack, that like the empty well, and then feeling pressure by your like self. Like I feel like there's two ways you feel pressure. You can feel pressure because of yourself. Like you can put pressure on yourself, or you can come into agreement of somebody else putting pressure on you for whatever reason. Like you feel guilty, or you feel like yeah. you don't have a say, or you should do it, or you have to do it. Like it's social pressure. So I feel like everybody yeah. else isn't always the bad guy. No. Like sometimes no. it's us. But that definitely, I mean, if that's already in you, everybody else is going to play into that so hard. And then it's like, not only is your well going to be dry, but like, it's going to, like, that is going to produce so much craziness. And like, we, we experienced that. Yeah. We totally experienced that. We experienced it so hard that, I mean, I got to a place in my life where I was striving so much and like, 
I, no matter what I did, it felt like it was going to fail. And no matter what I did, it just felt like, it felt like a hamster wheel. And that felt like so frustrating and it, and and it wasn't because like it was the devil. It was because like I wasn't taking my own mental space and my own mental Mm -hmm. health seriously. And like, even though I thought that I was like, it was so I was so busy doing and I think that's what performance produces like you get so busy doing that you stop being and like you don't just sit and you don't just stop and you don't just take a week or three weeks or three months to like figure your own self out like what what is producing this in my life and you need to have time to reflect back and analyze yourself and not in a bad way but get yourself like if you you take it in taking time to see where am I at right now because yeah. it's easy to get off track and it's not saying like you have to you, you're gonna be perfect all the time and you're gonna you're gonna get off track but at, at least having a habit of having time downtime to reflect and also having someone speak into you say hey you know what I'm noticing this so that you can get yourself back on track so that you can refuel refuel yourself. Yes. There was um we watched this last year. Yeah, what it was, was it? It was a video of Iyanla Van Zant with Oprah. Iyanla's amazing. Like she's, I just Iyanla needs to fix everybody's life. She's awesome. This is <laughs> Um what she say? What she said um she was talking about treating how how do you treat yourself in um in like service and servicing people and helping people oh, out and okay. stuff like that. That's good. Um, they were talking about putting yourself first. Right. And so Oprah said, so it's not selfish to put yourself first. And Iyala said, no, it's self full. It's self full to be first, to be as good as possible to you, to take care of you, keeping you whole and healthy. That doesn't mean you disregard everything and everyone, but you want to come with your cup full. Right. And what comes out of the cup is for everybody else. And what's in the cup is for me. But I've got to keep my cup full. That's so good. It was so good because it's like you have to be able to take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So producing is not wrong, but it's just the mindset, the heart, posture of how you are going about producing. Yes. And here's the thing is that most people... are not going to fight to protect your your cup and your overflow. That yeah. Most people that, are not even leaders, like even amazing extraordinary leaders who, who are leaders, you, like, like they, people that love you. Yeah, they're, they're, not, not, they're not really because it's not their responsibility. And and the, and if they mm-hmm. are not aware of that in their life, if they don't understand that concept in their own life, they sure as heck are not going to be looking out for you and saying, I want to make sure that you're good. How is your mental health? How's your mental space? I want to make sure that you're flowing in your best possible self. I need help with this. Does this fit your gifts? Does this fit your timeline? Does this fit your family right now? I can't even think of one time that somebody has come into my life and made a request of my gifts and checked in with, is this a good time for you? Is this a good time for your mental space? Is this a good time for your family? Is this a good time for you as a mother? Like, I can't even think of that. That is, that's another level of how, like, if you love somebody and you care for them, that is how you care. 
That's how yeah. that's that is a way that you can care is by checking in with them like that. That's care. Yeah. It's not so it is not it has nothing to do about anything they're doing. It may come to your attention because they're not doing something that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. But position your heart and saying no i love this person i really care for this person i want to know if they're actually okay right i i remember um social media often gets a bad rap but it has been for me this in this season has been amazing it's been a tool to help heal that's good and um i came across a tweet and i wish i remember who said it i don't even remember who it was but the idea was on the flip side of somebody who is having a bad day, somebody who's struggling with something, and they feel like they want to share it with somebody they trust, somebody yeah. that's safe and that they care about, instead of being that person that vomits all over the place, all of their issues. Right. Taking time. And as a like, even you, you as a person who's struggling with something, caring for the person that you you trust and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, where are you right now? Are you in the mental space right now for me to share some really mm-hmm. deep things with you?" Like that communic- thats a high level of of care being right. communicated and saying, "Like, I care about you." as a person Mm -hmm. because you might be having a bad day and it wouldn't help you if I'm sharing all about my stuff and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I can wait or I can go to somebody else Mm -hmm. but that communicates care as opposed to I don't really care what's going on in your day right now. I'm just going to dump this on you. We don't even think about it. Like even though we do that we don't have that conscious thought of like oh, I'm going to negatively impact someone's life. Like, we, we're we like, oh, this person loves me. I feel like women especially do this because we're like, we're te- we have these open, I like, texts with, like, that. all these, like, our babes are, like, all in this, like, group text. So, like, when it's a moment where it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to talk to someone, it's, that's so wise, like, check in, like, hey, I'm having a moment. Is it okay if I share this with you right now? Mm-hmm. And giving that person permission to say, yes you know no. what, I'm in car line. Or, you know okay. what, I'm making dinner right now. Give me, you know, an hour and a half. Is yeah. that okay? Are you going to be good for an hour and a half? Like, so that it's not, you don't create a space where you are just dumping something on someone and they're not in a great, great space to, like, mm-hmm. receive it. Because how many times... When we are feeling vulnerable and we do need to share, if someone doesn't respond the way that we need them to, we're like, why is it taking you, you know, why is it taking you 20 minutes to respond to a text? Like, oh, that's kind of my fault because I didn't check in with you to see, like, what what are you if doing it, in your day? It, yeah, yeah. Does it, like, it's just a little, it's a little thing. It's such a big thing, Like, it though. can communicate care and it's just a habit. Like, yeah. I... I I just started implementing that. That's, I know. Like, you just told me about this last week, and I was like, this is amazing. Because... I did it with a friend, too, and it actually helped. He, oh, and he good. He was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're good. Because now. then it creates a safe place for you that you know this person is ready for me to be vulnerable. Right. And like, right. it creates an even, an even deeper connection because you have that safety and that transparency. Right. And it gives somebody else an opportunity to say... Listen, like it's just not a good time right now. Like, and and that's, and that's okay. okay. Yeah, like yeah. releases them from feeling like, oh, I need to be there. And like again, going back to like performance and going back to like feeling that social pressure, it yeah. gives that person like a release from that social pressure. And when you had said that to me, I thought about how 
when you do need to have a hard conversation with someone else like maybe you're maybe it's not about oh my day was terrible and I need to vent but like when you need to have a heart to heart with somebody and you Mm -hmm. need to build boundaries checking in with that person saying I need to have a conversation with you and I want to make sure that you're in a place that you're going to be able to receive the things that we need to talk about to build our connection is it a good time for you Mm -hmm. to do that and then checking in with them and giving them space to say it's been a rough month. Mm-hmm. Can we can we put this on hold or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. But keeping in mind the point is to build that connection. And the point is to build safety and transparency mm-hmm. inside that connection. So I think those two questions are, are really good. Another thing that we talked about yesterday that's just like, we realized that we were not taught this as kids. And it's so important. And we're doing this with our children. But like, we no longer look at our children's behavior and address the behavior like in general like sometimes we do because they're kids and you know obviously just social development and mental development we're addressing the behavior but there's always a deep-seated reason why people make the decisions that they do and that includes kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we came across a situation with our kids where there was a dynamic happening between them and we had addressed it so many times. Like we had mm-hmm. had the same conversation probably 500,000 mm-hmm. times. And like the behaviors weren't changing. And we, I mean, we did everything that we knew how to do. Like we approached at different angles. We implemented different um, consequences. We, mm-hmm. we became more aware of the, and it wasn't changing. And it wasn't until last weekend that you helped uncover this deep-seated reason why this behavior was present and it was like as soon as as soon as that connected it was like oh my gosh this is where this is coming from and the behavior was coming from nowhere near what we thought it was Mm -hmm. i mean it was like no wonder this behavior has never gotten changed because there was a trauma that happened that created the behavior. When I say trauma, like it sounds so it's, dramatic, know, but it's but something it that is. Negati- has negatively impacted a person, and it it can be big or small to somebody else, but to that person, it is impactful. Yes, and so the impact has been a, a negative thing, and it's not been processed and dealt with. It's like getting a, a cut that ever, never got disinfected yeah and just putting band-aids on it and like addressing the behavior so it doesn't matter how big or small it is it's a thing Mm -hmm. it's there and so um yeah we saw that trauma we saw we saw that and well you connected the dots of like okay this is where the trauma began and then when we found the trauma it was it was like it it was interesting because you were in the middle of the conversation and it felt like I was like, why, like, why is this happening? And like, things started clicking. Yeah. And I think asking questions is a really, it can help lead to some really good places. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so my favorite, my favorite question is why? I love that question. Why? Because there is always an answer. I may not always get the answer right away. And a lot of times I don't, but I love it when I get my answer, (laughs) (laughs) but there is always a why behind Behind things, yeah, behind behind what is going on. And I asked the question, and it was asked in a way that was, 
it was so you don't was, just ask why you're, you're asking, asking questions that revolve around kind yeah, of why, but so you're doing it, it with the details and context. Yeah, and it was and then the answer and then the answering, it was uncovered. But by the way, the answering was taking place within the context of safety. Yeah, and so within that context of safety, you know, vulnerability, transparency was able to be even there to admit to to say hey you know this is actually yes this did happen yeah and, there was safety that felt because yeah. it was like when when traumas are are being touched upon it's it's like a sacred space because oh, there's a good. there's there's a there's a pain that's there yeah. and like even though as people we can get frustrated with each other's pain because it's like well, why are you doing that? Like, why can't you just, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, because we're immature. About to get my preach on. But when we are addressing trauma in someone else's life, it's a really sacred space. And it has to be handled with such delicacy and yes. patience and grace. Because if a trauma is going to be represented in a heart like a wound, the infection around, like, where the wound is, yes, there's a trauma. But even areas that touch the wound, there's also tenderness. Yeah. And it like it doesn't just affect one area of the heart. Like it affects multiple layers and multiple relationships because we're so complex. So like we can't just go in there like like all right, we're just gonna cut you open. Like let's just remove the bullet. No. Like no, you gotta. <laughs> You got. You got to do. You got to. It takes care. You have to put. You have to. You have to have a discussion first, right? Like in a practical doctor's, you have a discussion. Hey, we found the problem. Then you got to put a ton of like numbing, like morphine up in there. Like you can't just go in there and start cutting, or else guess what happens? That person's gonna be screaming. There'll be blood flying everywhere. Like it's just gonna be like crazy. So that's, like that's good. That's addressing good. somebody's trauma has to be done in a way. That is very, at least it's, in in our connections, calm and yeah. and yeah. soft, and especially with the kids, like they sometimes can put on masks. So like we got this. We're yeah. you know like we're and they and they're they're kids. So we have to be really delicate and really soft and gentle and really honoring their space of their hearts and saying, mm-hmm. hey, this trauma's there. It could have been caused even by us. And like, we're mm-hmm. showing up to be willing to take responsibility mm-hmm. and to lead them to a place of wholeness as best as we can. Yeah. And to, and to be patient in their yeah. healing journey yeah. because it, they are still, they are still souls becoming, and it's not fair as parents to impose upon them. Oh, well, you need to heal this quickly. Like, you yeah. need to figure this out. Like, we dealt with the trauma now. Move on. Like, it's not that... That's not fair. Yeah. I, it's I not got, fair to them. I got two things. The first thing, Dr. Dan Allender, he said, when you enter into someone else's story, it is holy ground. I love that. And so yeah, you... that's so true. He says it's like the story in the Bible where Moses is encountering God, and it's holy ground so he has to take off his shoes mm. it's like whatever i had what i was doing what i was doing before like i gotta change like i have yeah. i am now in the presence of something sacred and holy so when somebody's sharing something you can't just sit there with an attitude <laughs> you don't face. like i mean even i mean and honestly it's like true. and honestly there might be things that people say that will hurt and if it might be something that they're sharing and it has to do about you 
and like your behavior towards them and it may be offensive and, and you gotta hurtful. fix your face and while you- someone's talking you gotta fix your face because sometimes your face be telling the story <laughs> of your thoughts okay <laughs> but like even in those moments like it's holy like even when it hurts to hear someone else's yeah. story like it's hurting you hearing it's yeah it feels uncomfortable like it's holy so staying in that moment being present and allowing love to help you work through all of that. Yeah, that's the first thing that's I say. Good. And then the other thing I was gonna say was this only like in our example only worked with our kids because of their age. This does I'm a teacher of preschool students. <laughs> So like, it work with four-year-olds? It does not work with, four, like, being able to verbalize. Like, oh, children yeah. are still developing their verbal skills yeah. in communication. And if they have had traumatic experiences of some kind, it can impact parts of their brain. Like, yeah. and they cannot talk verbally and say, as a four-year-old, yeah, the reason why I'm misbehaving right now is because <laughs> I... Um, last week, um, my dad hit my mom, and yeah, I don't, right. I don't know how to deal with that. Like they might not be able to but say let's, things like let's that. Let's talk about trauma for a second, because you're so right in that it has to be age appropriate, and like we can have these conversations with our kids in an age appropriate way as a ten and twelve. Like even sometimes yeah. we want to go deeper than what we do. We don't because their brains are literally not even developed to understand yeah. things. But one of the things that I want to hit on, that we hit on yesterday, that I was feeling as a mother, is that um, this idea of trauma, right? So when we hear that, when I hear the word trauma, I think of like the worst case bad scenarios. Like I'm thinking the worst of the worst things that a human being could go through. But what I've realized is that the word trauma can be moments of disappointment that a child didn't process through fully it could be a moment of misunderstanding it could be it could be things that just impacted their heart and like what I was processing yesterday as a mom is like my kids are going through things and like I have spent my heart and soul being such a present mom like from the beginning I have just been there and I have I have put in the work and I have sat with them and it like it's not work to nurture it doesn't feel like work but it is it is emotional energy to nurture at a certain level right so there's there's definitely levels of nurture there's some there's some parents that you know they have days or times in their life where like I can't even deal with this and like there's sometimes that moms have moments like that. And like, that is normal. Like it is normal to get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put this on pause for my own mental health. I'm going to go take a back bath and put on the bachelor. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like processing yesterday that when kids, when the kids go through really deep things, I feel awful. Like, I feel like I've done something wrong as a parent. Like, I process it like, well, I didn't, I didn't do blank enough. And I can... Guilty? Um, guilty. Sounds like guilt. I I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, yeah, probably like, it's just all that. It's just a cocktail of awful. Like, and it doesn't need to be there. But I think what we've realized is that getting it out in the open, in the light, helps to lessen lessen the belief and lessen the lies because I can say it out loud and I can look at my myself as a mother and I'm so proud of myself as a mother but then I get to moments like yesterday where I feel like gosh they're going through all these things and I've spent so much time 
trying to sow seeds of love in these areas and still they're struggling, they're wrestling, they're in journey, they're in the middle of their story and I take it like it's my fault. And it's like not my fault at all. And it's like it doesn't feel like that in the moment the, of processing of the, it. The, the things that occurred is for clarifying purposes. Like it wasn't directly from you. The yeah, hard it's things just that life. they're having. Because yeah, that's life a, that's a thing. and and they're they're stepping into puberty and there's yeah. other like I am yeah. not the only thing in the kids' life. Like they have other things that are yeah. going on in their life other and they always will. Or just like, you know, other relationships and yes. other kids and things <clears throat> that they experience at school and all, like that, again, that's normal. Like it is normal for kids, even with the most amazing parents ever that are so totally present to get to moments where they have to process their story. And when you said story, I thought about the fact that most people see and hear story as like so long ago. Like my story is, oh, the stuff I went through, but we're in the middle of our stories and like part of our story is yesterday. So like mm-hmm. they're in the middle of their story and their journey and they have a lot of different factors contributing, including their own thought process and learning how to manage their own emotions and learning how to process their own um, you know, traumas in a healthy way. And like, it, it is so much more valuable to be present during those yeah. times as a parent than to yeah. feel like you have to produce kids that are perfect. It ceases being a trauma. Like trauma goes back to it being an unprocessed thing. When, so it stops being a trauma when somebody like a parent and being, creating a safe place and talking about whatever mm-hmm. that thing is. Like, it, it starts to begin to not become a trauma because the process, the processing of whatever the thing is, right. has occurred. So, it's like going through rehab therapy. Like, you are, you're healing as you're soon as you start, you, I started, as soon as you start to deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's really, so let's talk about, like, creating a safe place for people to to process in front of you. Like that is such an extraordinary thing in people's journeys, especially I feel like in kids' That's lives hard. as you're raising kids. It's not easy. That's a re- it sounds really easy to say like, "Oh yeah, we should have a safe place." It's a journey for sure. That is definitely a journey. Yeah. It's definitely a journey to feel like you are safe. I don't know for me, like as an adult, like it's felt, I've had relationships with lots of people, but because of my own experiences, I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually safe. Right, yeah. I don't know if I'm actually safe. So it takes, it's gonna take a lot of time right. to, for me to feel like, okay, I think I can trust you with this part i think i can be vulnerable here and transparent i think one of the things that keeps families from producing a safe place is an unrealistic expectation of that performance mentality on children and again like sometimes as moms we can connect our children's behavior back to us i mean i was just talking about like my children behave like this, so people are going to think 
X, Y, and Z about me. <gasps> I mean, is, how many that's times? That's real as a parent. How many times? Like real. when your kids are little in the grocery store, you're just like, please yeah. don't have a freak out moment because I don't want, I don't want to be judged by moms. That's real. That is life. real stuff that happens that nobody <laughs> talks about. <laughs> That, you know what, a four-year-old, and you know this from a child development standpoint, a four-year-old, no matter what you do, they are going to have meltdown moments. Yeah. Because they're learning, what are they learning during I, that, ta- that time yeah, in their life that they yeah. like? I, I just had a memory. I had a memory. Oh, mem- what happened? I just had a memory, like, when Lelia, uh, she... I was, is at, the, is that I was at Walmart. Oh, I thought it was no, at Toys R Us. No, All those many stories. Not that, not that one. But I was at Walmart, and... She misunderstood something. It was it was it was just she misunderstood something, and she got upset about it. And she she started to throw a tantrum, and she got really loud. And I was like, "You are not gonna get loud in front of people, like, because they're gonna make me. They're gonna, you're gonna make mm, yeah. them think that I'm doing that something I'm to you, parent. that I'm bad. Like, no, you just misunderstood something, like." It wasn't where? that big of a deal, but like I was like, you better, like you better lower your voice. Where like, why are you yelling? Co- like, where? <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Where does it come from that we associate our identity as a parent in how our children behave when literally our children's brains aren't even we fully think, we developed think that yet? They are a reflection of us, and in a cool. way that they are, but then they're not. They're not fully a reflection. But we don't but they, talk about it like that. We think the good, the bad, the ugly, everything is a reflection of us. Yeah. Everything is a reflection of our so parenting. So we want them to be perfect. This is where it, it goes back to performance. Yeah. We want them to be perfected in such a way where they can show the world that they are the best. This, this is such a huge thing. And you were talking to me about this last week. And it literally unlocked so many like doors in my mind when you started telling me your revelation about you as a child and the expectation on you as a child and how it disconnected you from yourself because you began to show up it as a certain way so that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't get in trouble and like Tell, like, but oh I, my gosh. I just was like... I, I got there because... I got to that point because I was I was analyzing myself. You were taking that time ta- of rest. I was taking that time of rest. Checking in with checking yourself in with mentally. Myself. You're, yeah. like, sending the That's, doves out. Is, yes. You're waiting for the doves to come back with olive branches. <laughs> Where are we at in that process? That, 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 that is true. That's what happened because I was a, I'm a teacher, and so I had, a, I had a day where I was angry. And it takes a lot for me to be angry. And I had a student who was talking to me in a way that I felt was disrespectful. It agitated. And it, it agitated and flustered. It made me angry. And that's like, okay, yeah, you're being disrespectful. Of course it make you angry. But, like, it was – it's hard to describe. Like, it wasn't just, like – because being angry – there's nothing wrong with being angry. It's what you do with yeah. your anger. So, like, but when I, we hear anger, especially at children, we think, oh, that means lashing out. Oh, that means yelling. But, like, you can actually no. feel angry inside and be totally chill on the outside. But, like, this kid, like, he, he, he hit me. He, in the, he, but it he wasn't hit even because of him. It was, it was because of stuff was, that, you, that you were processing that he, this happens with kids. They, they, sh- they reveal to us. 
areas yeah. that we need to address. Because right. it wasn't so, his vice No, floor. well, he had his, he's on his own thing. But <laughs> I came home and I was just like, I just like, why? Like, I, I you did the I, work. I, I did, well, what I was doing is I started realizing a pattern. Mm. I started realizing a pattern. The anger that would happen when I felt disrespected and disrespect looked like a certain type of way. Right. And I got to the realization that the disrespect looked like a kid voicing their their anger, their their frustration. And I was like, you know, that's not it's not really disrespectful. Like I mean, they're they're ha- having issues, they're having pain yeah. and they're, they're reacting. Right. Like why am I angry at their reaction? Mm-hmm. Like why? Why is there why is that there? So I started I started doing to the work. do the work. And with um, you, I I don't want you to gloss over because what? just it practically, to, like for you, you were saying that meant like you were thinking, you were asking yourself questions, you were yeah. allowing yourself to explore in your story. Like right. that's what, like part of doing the work is sitting in your story and looking at your story, not not introspection so you no. can see where you did wrong, and not to feel like condemned not shame and or condemnation, no. but just it's just to understand acknowledging. Like, Acknowledging, acknowledging your where journey you're at. yeah yeah and how you got there because yeah. for me i didn't know how i got there so, it was so like, you were on the why know. discovery yeah, like, why am yeah. i behaving this yeah, way? yeah why why was i behaving that way and i got to the realization eventually after sitting with myself um <laughs> that i was really upset at children reacting or voicing their frustration and anger because I never got to be I never got to be that kid that did that which made me think oh what actually what what did happen then what happened to me that I remembered oh the shutting down the like the the shutting down of like if I did have a dislike if I did have something that an opinion an opinion like, like the shutting down of that saying mm-hmm. like nope squashing that and like i ended up being like i ended up re- being that person as a teacher in some regards and that's not in all of my teaching career it's not this every is single good. time I know all it's, of my but listeners. it's been pockets and so like i was doing the work of saying like oh like this one year this happened oh this one year this happened like and start stringing those those seemingly like loose memory like those loose incidents and seeing a pattern that even though it happened once a year, like, oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, you like, started I'm really, I'm really good at what I do. Like, I have, I'm, I create a really good no. rapport with and children. And everybody listening right now is shocked to even hear that you might have a moment in your life where you are anything less than amazing. Because all I ever say is how, like, you are... It takes, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm really chill. And it takes a lot for me to But even, angry. like, listen, guys, like, even in his struggles, he's still amazing. He's, like, still doing the work to, like, come out and, like, process it. It's like, I learned so much from you about you take your journey so seriously. Like, you don't just gloss over, I'm feeling angry. Like, oh, I'm just going to go home and, like, veg or vent or whatever. But I did, like, no, but I did that for a, a while. When I would have bad days, I was just... Or just days were just, like... Well, that's... No. But I feel like that's normal. But this... You didn't come home and, like, complain about your right. life. You're not yeah. that person. You can have bad days and vent, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to, like, yeah. talk about it. 
talk about those things, but so so yeah, I I got I, I what's really interesting about wounds is that you can end up unintentionally without even knowing you're doing it repeat the yes. same thing that was done to you and that's what i yeah. ended up realizing for myself i was repeating what was done to me yeah with when i would have a student who would voice right. their their anger and so dealing with that was an understanding like oh okay and that's where you know forgiveness comes. And I now that I know better, I can do better. And yeah. I can have a plan set in place for myself. Like when I feel getting to that point, yeah. managing myself in a better way. And I think that that's really important to look back at our stories. And when you had told me about your story, I started thinking about mine. And I was raised in a Christian home. And I am of the notion that people can only give what they have so so with my family and the environment that i grew up in like they could only give what they had but there was also an added level to to being raised which was this concept of christianity and like i told you before and like in another episode like it's hard for me to even use that word anymore because it means so many different things now but the way that it the way that that presented in in our home was you never share your opinion back if you're if your parents tell you something you never ever have a voice to say anything back otherwise that's talking back that's disrespect you're dishonoring mm-hmm. your parents you're yeah, shut that, down that was just, so what insane. what that produced in me was a people pleaser who was filled with anxiety and fear yes. And I was never really me. I wasn't like, yes. I, I, I had to learn to march to the beat of the drum of when somebody tells you something, you don't speak up. When somebody does this or you do yes. that, you're shut down. If you, yep. if you talk back, you're this. Like, yep. And so what that produced in me was a ton of dysfunction internally because I became the good girl. I became the good child. Like, And I felt like I had to show up and dress up like this child so that I wouldn't get in trouble. Instead of being fostered in an environment where this is how you have a voice. This is how you share your opinion. This is how you, as a woman, as a white woman in this country, this is how you have a voice for the people around you. Like I was never taught that. I was just taught you fit in this box and this box looks like what we tell you it is Mm -hmm. and disrespect looks like this and if you ever do this it's disrespectful so like that meant that i couldn't show up passionate i couldn't show up free i had to show up um, or i get in trouble so i was punished for authenticity that's that's the same that's the same with me and what that made me start thinking about is what are we doing right now our generation what are we doing in our generation that is continuing that trend are we punishing our children if they have an attitude because they had a bad day are we punishing them because we kept them out too late and they're tired and so they're tired and hungry and angry Mm -hmm. are we forcing them to show up in a way that we don't even show up like are we forcing our children to put on this show 
of like, you can never have an attitude. You can never be sad. You can never be upset. You would always need to be this image so that I feel okay about that, my identity. Yes. Or the, And they feel, they feel loved only when they're not doing those things. Or they feel safe. They feel safe. They only feel when, safe when they're when showing they're... up as that performance yep. that we force yep. them to be. Yep. That is such... Like, as soon as we had that conversation, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I went to the kids um award ceremony for honors yeah and principals listen honors so kids that that do well academically get you know ribbons in front of the whole school and they do it every quarter and based off this conversation that we had i just started listening differently to the language that the school was using because they choose like a couple students from each grade to celebrate in front of the whole class as like student of recognition and the words that they used to describe the children that were being recognized were words like this or language like this. They're always smiling. They're always happy. They're always, you know, like putting on a good face. And I stood there and like, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is inadvertently contributing to this problem. Like the kids that are always smiling, get awarded in front of everybody. everybody. And I was thinking about a couple of the girls that I know in Laylee's class who have been through trauma. Like, I'm talking about parents died, best friends died. Like, what about those kids? What about those girls? What about those, you know, boys? Like, who what about struggling. who are struggling? But Don't smile. They're not smiling, but you know what? They're standing up for their best friend. They're not smiling, but you know what? They're not sitting alone at lunch anymore because they found one. Like, why aren't we celebrating? Why aren't we celebrating the strength of children instead of like, oh, well, you're just going to show up and smile. Like, and I get that they're want. I get what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to celebrate kids that are managing themselves and like that are trying to be present. And I get that that's what they're trying to do. But they're inadvertently trying, like they're inadvertently communicating. If you fit in this box, you get celebrated, and that sucks. Because it, I realize in us and having our conversations, like what did that produce in me? And it's like it produced in me as a thirty-one-year-old having to unravel years of showing up as not myself because that's where i am of a standard yeah yep i'm with you (laughs) (laughs) but but we couldn't learning how to be authentic like oh that sounds good like you know being authentic but realizing how you got to be inauthentic that's a scary journey that's scary but you have to confront you have to confront it but it's worth it it's worth it it. you'll find like you you'll find you underneath all of that stuff you'll find you and it'll fit so much better you'll feel so much more like so much lighter you'll be at peace it's just it's worth it that is not something that we as a culture and society in america have done a great job celebrating like we celebrate we celebrate people that are showing up in a certain way instead of celebrating people that are just showing up like sometimes for people showing up is getting out of bed and showering because that's where they're at in their journey. And like, it feels like we, we have not done a great job of like inspiring authenticity in each other. And like, that's where the flip side of social media comes in is like, you can have somebody 
who is has been suffering for years and nobody would ever know because their social media is looks a certain way because they did that on purpose to present a performance and all of that performing is hurting all of us every single one of us because performing perpetuates performance and freedom always gives birth to freedom and so Mm -hmm. fostering freedom is a really intentional specific and emotionally present thing like i never want anyone yeah i don't want anyone to show up in my life that they feel like they have to put on a show i want to inspire them to feel like they don't have to do anything they can just be in there in the middle of their story Oh my gosh, all this stuff, like... It's good. It is, it's really good because as we hear each other's stories and each other's journeys, we're able to connect the dots in our own. And like, had I not heard you talk about, like, had you not been present in the middle of your anger and shown up to do the work with yourself and realize that you were feeling angry because this kid was able to express himself as a child and you were never allowed to do that... And connecting those pieces. And then you sharing that story with me allowed me to look back on my life and and consider, oh my gosh, like I was actually not intentionally, but I was I was fostered to perform. I was raised to perform. I was validated in my performance Mm -hmm. always by grades, by cleaning, by all these other elements. Like I was always I was always validated at what I could produce. Mm -hmm. Even with my art and my gifting and my creativity, it was all about production. It wasn't just about being Mm -hmm. and self-discovery and self-journey. And it's not to shame or condemn anyone. It's just to realize this is what happened in my story. So in my story, I now can take dominion in that area and move forward differently. I don't Mm -hmm. have... I can... blame the past for how authentic I'm showing up in my story now. And I can blame it intelligently with no unforgiveness but just fully um embracing like yeah this is my journey okay so now how am i going to show up different in yeah. my kids lives and and our life together so thanks for having a conversation with me you're welcome i'm so glad that we're able to do this together and i'm so glad we get Send to have you the these... bill later oh yeah <laughs> We, I always say like in the middle of these conversations, I'm like, we just need to turn on the podcast and let people listen to us because yeah, we talk like this. We, it's, it's so, I don't know, like it's so energizing and it's so, um, deep and it, and it, it is those conversations that we wished. I wish I could have stumbled across a conversation like this, like a year ago Mm. or like two years ago, but I probably wouldn't have been ready. I probably been like, what's this? (laughs) Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Appreciate being here. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Please send me a message and let me know what you thought. What, were you, what was your favorite part? Like, if there's anything that you just have, like, like really stood out to you, let me know. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.